Welcome to Classroom Success 101 Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Roos, the Hardcore Behaviorist, and I'm here to help you overcome those problems you're experiencing every day. You're listening to a master audio class, so put your positive thinking caps on and get ready for another lesson on how to achieve greatness within your classroom. For show notes, make sure you check out our website at hardcorebehaviors.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, make sure you check out our Hardcore Behaviors Teacher Pay Teacher Store for our helpful digital downloads. And join our Facebook group, Educators United, to help education continue to thrive during these tough times we are facing when schools are closed throughout the country due to the coronavirus. By joining Educators United, we encourage you to upload free online educational resources to help educate our students from a distance. Hello and welcome to Classroom Success 101. I'm your host, Josh Roos, and today's episode is going to be on the beginning of the year procedures. Okay, so basically, if you are with any kind of behavior program in the school setting, um, what I'm going to be talking about on this episode is what you need to do to prepare for the beginning of the school. A lot of times we go back to school and we have a lot of professional development at the very get-go, so it's kind of hard to get a lot of things done. There's a lot of requirements from your districts that they want you to get done before you can even set foot in your classroom, which kind of, you know, um, in my opinion, is not the best. I, I feel like part of professional development when teachers come back into the school is to actually give them time to organize and get their classrooms ready to go for that first day of school. You know, I know we get the summers off, but a lot of times we don't really know who the kids are going to be until right up to the very beginning of the the school season or the school year. So it's kind of crucial. I mean, we can kind of organize our room, but you know, a lot of times we don't know the kids' schedules. We don't know where these kids are going to be that have um, some of these behavior intervention plans. So we have to um, we we have to make sure that these teachers have these paperwork so that they understand what the plan is for these kids. So I know um, if you're like our district, um, we do get buried in that beginning of the year uh, professional development. And it's very difficult sometimes to get things organized. So usually, you know, you're trying to organize things that first week. A lot of times if you're working in a behavior program, if it's a push-in behavior program, um, basically, you know, your kids are out in the regular classroom. So you do have a little bit of time to get things ready. But if you're working in a self-contained behavior program, you may not be able to do uh, things during the day to to get organized. So the very first thing I would recommend is that you do get organized and make sure that you start looking at your students' 
IEP plans, if they have behavior intervention plans, because those are going to be key information that teachers need to know. Um, You know, the big thing right now is uh, sometimes we want to say, well, our teachers already received all the, the paperwork for the IEPs. They received the behavior intervention plans. They have it because it's all in this pretty little system that's online. We, we in here in Texas, we call it eSped. Um, basically, all it is is a, a system that keeps all your paperwork organized. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different systems out there that are being utilized, but that's just one here. Um, so I can tell you from experience that don't assume the teacher automatically got the behavior plan or automatically knows the student's accommodations or modifications. Because especially when, you know, for example, I I just got into a brand new, well, it's not a brand new school, but it's an older school that has like at least over half the teachers are brand new into that school. And we have a lot of new first year teachers. And so you have to understand that some of these teachers that are coming out of college are not prepared um, to really understand the, the logistics behind what's going to be asked of them during the school year. You know, not only do they have to teach classes, they also have to, um, you know, collect data. And a lot of them are so new to that that they don't understand the process. So when we are running behavior programs, my f- number one recommendation is that you get all your, your students that have behavior intervention plans. You look through those and make sure you make copies of those. And what you're going to do is you're going to schedule out time to meet with your teachers and you're, gonna, you're going to train those teachers on how to implement that behavior intervention plan. What this is going to do is that this is a preventative strategy. Sometimes from the, the, the past year, you know, yes, that last year teacher knew how to run the behavior intervention plan, but these kids are going into another grade with a new teacher. So what we're going to have to do at the very get-go of the year is sit our teachers down and train them on how to implement that behavior intervention plan. Because what's going to happen if you don't, then these teachers are not going to really understand who the students are. I'm going to tell you right now, when you're working in the secondary school and you have a caseload of 15 to 20 students, and each of those kids have eight different periods that they got to go to, it starts getting real difficult for teachers that are teaching that to secondary level because, you know, they're looking at not just 25 kids in one class that they have to teach all day, but what they're looking at is probably 150 to 180 different kids that are coming through their class per day. So they don't really know who they're getting. They don't understand the paperwork. There's a lot of it coming in. There's a lot of different moving parts. So as a behavior interventionist, a behavior teacher, or a behavior specialist, whatever you want to call yourself, we have to take the initiative 
to be able to sit down and, you know, organize a, a professional development training to teach our teachers on how to implement that behavior intervention plan. You know, one of the things that um, I'm currently doing right now is I, I'll send out an email and, you know, I'll, I'll hit all, all the teachers up and I'll ask them, you know, when's the best time to meet? A lot of times they have conference periods that you can meet them on. You can meet them before school. You can meet them after school. These these meetings don't have to take a whole uh, lot of time. I mean, you can get these these behavior intervention uh, trainings done within, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes, um, depending on how many questions teachers have, what their concerns are. And basically what you're going to do is you're going to read through that behavior intervention plan and you're going to walk them through the procedures. There are things that you might have to model um, if you're looking at different ways that the teacher's supposed to talk to the student model and role play that out for teachers. Just don't read that off because they may not know what that looks like. Um, it, it's, it's almost like teaching social skills. You have to model and role play out that behavior intervention plan so they get a thorough understanding of what they're going to be doing. Um, you know, you got to hit the key parts. You got to hit the most important perspectives of that. What What is that teacher going to do when they run into that behavior? What are the interventions that's going to help them decrease that um, behavior or when that behavior occurs within their classroom? What are those interventions um, that they're going to have to use? What do they look like? How do they use it? This also gives you a good time that if you have a lot of brand new teachers coming into the school system, you know, a lot of times, again, you got to look at it is they don't, a lot of these new teachers might not have a lot of uh, classroom management training under their belt. Um, so that's going to be a key time that you can come in and you can, you can talk to them about classroom management. You can give them strategies. You can give them tools that they can use to decrease behaviors within their classroom. Okay, so that is big, 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 big. You have to get those behavior intervention trainings done at least by that first week of school. If you can do it earlier, the greatest, or that's that that's great. But the the problem is where where I find out where most of the struggle comes from is the fact that some of these teachers don't know who they actually have until it's like a day before school starts, okay? So the other thing with it is it also gives you, um, you know, a, a time to sit down and, and go over some of their accommodations, modifications, um, you know, explain explain those to them. I can tell you right now, I've run into a lot of teachers in the past that don't really understand that stuff. And that is that is things that you can do to help that teacher out so that they can be successful in that classroom with students that they're trying to manage um, either IEP goals, um, maybe, I mean, even when you're given the accommodation modification, that helps them out when it comes to delivering their academics. Um, the other thing with it is you need to make sure you know the IEP goals. The biggest thing, what we're doing right now, 
is you have to make sure those goals are measurable. You know, I, I have a couple transfer kids. They're coming in. I didn't write the IEP goal, but what I'm getting is the, the, the behavior goal is not measurable. It really doesn't make any sense. It talks about a target behavior, but in the end, it's like I don't really know what they're trying to measure here. So when you do have these transfer students that have these goals that are not really measurable, you know, again, what you do have is we, you know, we can, in Texas, we kind of do a 30-day transfer ARD. That may be something that you can change that goal in, or you can maybe try to get an amended ARD or amended goal in there. Um, But, you know, what I'm kind of doing is I get what the target behavior is, and what I'm trying to do is figure out how I can track and, and keep data on that target behavior so that we can, when it comes down to it and we recreate a new goal, we have a measurable goal. Okay, so what I've also done is that I've organized out all the uh, the behavior goals on, on the kids that I have to keep track of. And what I'm doing with those is I'm going into the classroom at least two times per week to do a 15 to 20 minute observation. All right, so here's the thing, especially with these behavior programs that are push in, you, you have to understand that, you know, some schools don't really see a behavior program as crucial, just in my opinion. Um, and I've dealt with that a lot. And so um, sometimes they just don't give you a lot of help. Sometimes if you're in a smaller school district, you might be the only person taking data on those goals. But if you do have help, you know, I, I have help at my school where we can sit down and we can try to get uh, two observations on uh, per kid per week um, so that we can take some great data. Um, but the key with taking data and, and taking a lot of it is to have um, help within your program. That's how you're going to do it. And, and that is the only way that I see that can be done. You know, if you don't have help, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to either create some kind of daily behavior report card or some kind of weekly behavior report card that teachers can help you take that data. Um, usually what I've done in the past is I, I set them up on a Google Drive and or a Google Sheet, and basically they fill that thing out every day. Uh, one of the greatest things with it is it, it can also have, be viewed by a parent. So if you have a parent that is wanting to know what's happening every day, that is another way that you can you can provide that in there um, for data purposes. Okay, so basically what we're doing is we're training the teacher on the behavior intervention plan. We're organizing the data um, to get to to design data collection. Um, documents so that our program is, is set. We're going in, we're taking at least two observations, a 15-minute to 20-minute um, observations on kids each week, and then that's going to drive our progress reports, okay? The other thing with it is is that you're also going to try to get data from your teachers. Um, I, I find the biggest, the easiest way to do it is Put that stuff up on um, 
you know, the, uh, the Google, Google Drive so that they can take data. Um, you know, one thing with it is in the elementary realm, it's a little bit easier because you do have one teacher, one to two teachers mostly. Um, when you start getting into that secondary, each kid has at least eight to nine teachers that they see every day. So, again, you're going to have to look at the logistics of that type of stuff. When it starts, when you start looking at data and trying to get teachers to run it, what is the easiest way? Because you will have uh, some some teachers that get upset about it. So the biggest key to taking data with teachers is you got to have that buy-in. If you don't have that buy-in, none of that will work. Um, so you know the 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 big thing with it is if you have some multiple sources of data collection, that's always great than not having any data at all, okay? So make sure that you got your data collection pieces going, make sure you're organized on that end. And you know, also if you have a program, if you're doing social skills, you know, talk to your teachers and say, look, man, we're, we're teaching these skills. These are skills that I'm gonna tell you about so that you can work on these skills in the classroom. Um, you know, when you're teaching a skill that they, they, these kids need to learn that skill and they need to take it out in the real world, but it's hard to reinforce that skill if teachers don't understand or know exactly what kind of social skills you're working with. So that's, that's another big piece is let your teachers know what your program's all about. Um, you know, don't, don't, let them assume that any little behavior problem that they could just call you and then you you take the student out. That's not what that program's for. And then on the 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 the, the flip side to that is you're going to just start reinforcing bad behaviors. You'll start reinforcing uh, teachers' bad behaviors because they're going to expect that kid to be removed all the time. And that is not what our goal is for. Our goal is for intended to keep those students in class. Um, to prevent behaviors from happening. And, you know, again, there's going to be times when behavior does happen. And some of your kids are going to need cool down times um, and, and time time to for themselves to get back on track. But if we can prevent a lot of that from happening by training teachers on the, uh, you know, the behavior intervention plans, letting them know what our role is in the school system, you know, the other thing is talk to your teachers. The biggest thing you want to do is, is, is build those relationships with teachers. Because if you don't build those relationships with teachers, you, you'll, you'll have a lot of um, teachers that may end up not really liking what you do. They may say things that, well, you're never here. I don't ever see you. What's this program for? This program doesn't work. And when you start having a lot of negative back talk about behavior programs, the reason why you have it is because teachers are not seeing value in those programs. So what you have to do as a behavior interventionist, behavior specialist, or anybody that works in that behavior um, behavior programs, you have to build that value with those teachers. It's just like building a relationship with your kids. You have to do it with the teachers as well. So that's the big talk on, um, you know, procedures, the beginning of the year procedures. We will continue 
to give you tips and strategies on classroom success and classroom management throughout the year. Uh, This is the end of episode one. I hope you guys enjoy and y'all have an awesome, amazing day. If you know someone who needs to hear this, share it with them, send them a text message, a DM, an email, put it on all your social media platforms, and tag me at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, keep the five-star reviews coming over on iTunes. It helps teachers find the show so they get an opportunity to make the decision to grow as well.